Chapter forty four of Geographical Reader Europe by Frank G. Carpenter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Betty B. Chapter forty four Rural Spain. We have crossed the Mediterranean Sea from Naples to Barcelona and are now traveling over the highlands of Spain. The country is different from any we have yet visited. The sun is wonderfully bright, there are few clouds, the air is dry and the weather is hot we are now on the great peninsula which forms the end of southwestern europe comprising the kingdoms of spain and portugal it begins at the pyrenees and extends so close to africa that we could go from gibraltar to that continent in a small boat in a very few hours the spanish peninsula is twice as large as great britain and larger than either germany or france it is a high plateau crossed by many ranges of snow-clad mountains with rich valleys and dreary plains lying among them it has but few navigable rivers and although it is washed on almost all sides by the sea its coasts are so steep that it has very few harbors on the plateau the winters are cold and the summers exceedingly hot and in the far south it is so warm that bananas dates and other tropical fruits can be grown we reach the hills soon after leaving barcelona and ride for miles in the mountains now passing through forests and now crawling along above magnificent valleys with their many-colored crops spread out like a vast quilt below us now our train flies by orange groves and now through a country where for miles there are olive groves we enter dense woods of chestnuts and oaks and spend days upon high plains where vast flocks of sheep are grazing watched by queerly dressed shepherds assisted by dogs the sheep are the famous spanish merinos this breed of sheep has been introduced into australia argentina and the other great sheep raising parts of the world there are many small towns with stone or brick buildings covered with stucco and roofed with red tiles there are numerous villages in which the farmers live going out to their work in the fields sometimes their farms are so far away that they use donkeys to ride back and forth the roads are poor and in the mountains everything is carried about on the backs of donkeys and mules see that fat farmer riding up the road at the side of the track he is as big as his donkey and his long legs almost touch the ground as he urges the little beast onward he wears a broad-brimmed sharp-crowned hat and has a great cloak on his shoulders farther down the road is a donkey carrying two little boys and still farther on a drove of donkeys loaded with grain each having a bag on his back they have neither bridles nor saddles and are being driven by a rosy-cheeked barefooted boy in the rear behind comes a boy with a cart load of grass he is leading a little donkey which is drawing the cart we see donkeys laden with fruit and donkeys so covered with loads of hay that the hay seems to be walking off on four legs there are also mules similarly loaded and the whole of this part of spain seems to be going muleback or donkeyback now we have left the mountains and are out on the plains see the huge ox-carts lumbering along the wide roads some of them are piled high with grain the oxen are yoked to the tongue of the cart by a bar which rests on their necks and is fastened to their horns so that they pull the loads along with their heads and not with the shoulders as our oxen do 
notice the man ploughing in that field over there he is goading his oxen along with a stick with a sharp pointed steel in the end how simple the plough is it is only a piece of rough wood tipped with iron and it merely scratches the soil that is a fair sample of the farm tools of the country more than half of the spaniards are farmers but they farm very poorly they raise quantities of wheat barley corn and rye but they do not get half so much out of the land as they might with better tools a large part of spain is so dry that little will grow upon it but there are irrigated provinces which are exceedingly fertile and yield abundant crops they produce the finest of olives and grapes oranges and lemons and all sorts of vegetables take for instance the lands near the mediterranean sea about malaga in southeastern spain in that region are grown the big green grapes sold in our stores the soil of the vineyards is of a bright red color and it is so rich that every bit of it is used the vines are planted in terraces up the sides of the hills in regular rows and only a few feet apart they are carefully tended and a little trench is dug about each vine to catch the water when it rains the grapes are packed in cork dust and thus shipped to all parts of europe and to the united states other varieties are made into raisins and hundreds of thousands of pounds of large muscatel raisins are exported every year from malaga bay in other provinces wine is made in large quantities and in some regions there are so many vineyards that we are reminded of our travels through the wine country of france north of the pyrenees another fruit of great value to spain is the olive there are olive orchards everywhere and at one place we leave the train to visit a hacienda where they are picking the fruit and turning it into the oil we use on our salads the old spaniard who owns the farm bids us welcome as we walk along with him he tells us that his house is at our disposition and that his orchard is ours the olive trees are much like plum trees save that they are knotty and gnarly and their leaves are a darker green on some of them the fruit has a pale green color like the olives sold in our grocery stores such fruit is not yet ripe but it is pulled off at this stage and salted for eating on other trees the olives are a dark glossy purple they are ripe and it is of them that they are making the oil there are men shaking the trees and knocking the fruit off with clubs and rosy-cheeked barefooted bareheaded children are gathering the olives from the ground and putting them into the bags and baskets in which they are carried upon donkeys and mules to the mill there is a man starting off for the mill he has a half dozen donkeys each carrying a two-bushel bag the proprietor asks us to go with them and we follow the donkeys to a rude building in which a mule is dragging one stone shaped like a wheel around through a circular trough or groove in the top of another stone which lies flat this is the grinding machine the olives are put into the trough in the flat stone and the wheel crushes them to a pulp as it rolls over them after being crushed the olives are laid on straw mats and these mats are placed one upon another in a press where by means of a long heavy beam in the top as a lever the oil is squeezed out into a rude tank below water is mixed with the pulp in order to make the oil flow the more easily the liquid that comes out is made up of water and oil but the oil rises to the top and is skimmed off 
the squeezed pulp is kept for fattening hogs and the oil having been cleared is put into bottles for sale only the best of the oil is fit for the table the poorer kinds being used for cooking this olive plantation is not one of the finest but it is a fair type of the plantations of spain there are many other estates where the olives are more carefully picked and handled on such farms the fruit is pressed only lightly at first to get out the best oil afterwards it is ground up and mixed with boiling water and pressed again upon inquiring we learn that olives grow in most parts of spain and that they are used everywhere by the people about one-thirtieth of all the fertile land of the country is devoted to olive raising and the orchards cover more than two million acres the trees are well tilled they have their first fruit when two years old and continue to bear for so long a time that the people have this saying if you would give a lasting fortune to your children's children you have only to plant olive trees for them the spaniards use olive oil largely in cooking we see the people eating it on bread and vegetables and are told that it is cream and butter to many of the people as well as their favorite dressing for salads it takes the place of meat also and many a spaniard when he takes a long journey hangs a wicker basket of olives to his saddle horn and eats them as he rides we are delighted with the country people of spain the men women and children are polite and they wear such gay costumes that we have a new picture wherever we look many of the men wear blankets about their shoulders they have broad-brimmed hats with sharp conical tops and short jackets and knee breeches their legs below the knees being covered with stockings or wrapped around with rags they wear sandals or queer-looking shoes there are many beautiful women some of the peasant girls have caps with tassels so long that they hang down their shoulders on sunday they wear dresses of black velvet over which they drape striped shawls of bright colors their skirts are short some have gaiters laced up to their knees and others wear stockings bound with ribbons crossed over and over in the fields we see barefooted women with handkerchiefs on their heads and farther south are many dark-faced peasant men in turbans spain has a large variety of strange costumes nearly every province having a dress of its own in the larger cities the people look much as we do save that the men often wear cloaks and the women have on mantillas or veils instead of bonnets they usually wear black gowns when out on the street the spaniards are a fine-looking race and their women are famous for their beauty the most of them have dark rosy faces dark hair and dark eyes although now and then you meet a beautiful blonde they age rapidly however the poor through hard work and the rich through idleness the women of the upper classes take so little exercise that when middle age they become fat and dumpy we are much annoyed by beggars as we travel through spain and we observe that there are many poor people the peasants live simply their chief food is bread and olives although they sometimes have eggs or pork or goat's meat they are fond of salt fish and salt meat and with their neighbors the portuguese are the greatest codfish eaters of the whole world the living at the hotels is fairly good although the breakfasts are scanty when we rise in the morning we have only a little cup of chocolate or coffee with bread and butter this meal is called desayuno about noon we have a breakfast of eggs fish and stew 
and at the end of the day a very good dinner one of the most common dishes is puchero a vegetable soup cooked with boiled beef or fowl the soup is served first and then the meat and vegetables which were cooked in it are brought on after this we have some kind of fried meat or croquettes and then perhaps fish and after the fish a dessert and fruit ending our meal with cheese and black coffee we are surprised to see the men everywhere smoking at their meals they light their cigars and cigarettes even when the women are present and we are horrified at times to see a woman take a cigarette and smoke with them this is not common in public although many of the spanish women smoke in their homes after dinner the people sit about the table and chat and it is the same at the midday breakfast or luncheon all business in spain stops from noon until two o'clock in order that the people may get their breakfast and have their siesta or their rest or sleep after it this seems lazy to us but in spain the climate is so warm that it is not well for men to work in the middle of the day end of chapter forty four